Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show. We are your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of a multi-award winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. While busyness, addictive doing, people pleasing and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick. So get ready to heal your body, get your spark back, deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams. Let's Let's dive dive in. Welcome, guys, to this episode of the Ending Body Burnout Show. We are Chris and Philly. Super excited to do this one with you. Yeah, so excited to talk about money, 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 and trauma and body burnout. Mm. Now, there's a few reasons why why we're doing this episode today. Um, Next week, we actually have a really exciting week of healing goodness where we're going to drop a whole heap of free content for you guys. So next week, we're kicking off with our three-day live event called Uncovering the Connection of Body Burnout and Trauma. That kicks off on the 16th. On day one, we're going to take you through a functional medicine perspective on what trauma is and how it affects the body systems. On day two, we're going to coach you through the missing piece of health care when it comes to trying to fix body burnout symptoms. And on day three, we're going to share one of our most favorite rewire practices to help really shift deeper baggage in the unconscious so that your body can actually heal. So make sure that you register for that. It is free. Um, we'll pop the link in the show notes. And for all those who are attending live, you're going to get access to $500 worth of epic bonuses. So make sure you block out your calendar and catch up with us live next week. Giddy up. All right, let's roll this one, hey? Yes. Money. Okay, yeah. So why are we talking about money on a health podcast? Well, a few reasons, actually. The stats show us that money worries, financial worries are at the top of uh, life stresses. So there were a lot of studies. One study showed that there are 61.3% of Australians rate finances as the top cause of their stress in their life. And that was just one study. Lots of other studies show that. And it's showing up in a lot of other countries around the world as well. So we wanted to dig into this because it would be remiss of us if we didn't dig into why money is so stressful and also talk about how you can actually release money issues so that your body can heal. Mm, Money is so stressful. Money is so stressful. Is it? Is money itself stressful? You can tell it's not the money. I mean, what even is it? Does it even really exist? Is it really stressful or is it perceptions and attitudes and and that sort of thing, stories that you have around money? Is money really stressful? Do you find money stressful or is it simply your insecurities and um, stuff tied up into that? Deep beliefs, trauma patterns. We're going to dig into all of that today. Mm. Um, So in terms of money worries having an impact on our health, well, we all know that stress 
depletes our body system. So when you're constantly worried about things in a high stress state, you're going to end up in what's called adrenal fatigue and neurotransmitter depletion because you're going to be producing so much cortisol, so much adrenaline. And in this fight, fight fight flight state you're not actually able to digest or detox properly so your gut starts breaking down your liver becomes sluggish we're really going to dig deeper into how the connection between stress and trauma and body systems um next week in our live on day one so make sure you register to that now we also wanted to talk about money because it's often a leading reason why people actually don't invest in themselves to heal. So not only is money causing a lot of stress and health issues, it can also be the thing that actually prevents you from getting the help that you need to heal. Or sometimes I see people spending quite a lot of money, but they're kind of throwing away the money. A little bit here, a little bit there, trying to do like quick fixes. Uh, you see that a lot when people are trying a bucket load of different supplements or Maybe they're doing ad hoc consults with different doctors or different practitioners without actually getting holistic and whole and deep root cause approach. So what's really interesting around this investment of money when it comes to healing from body burnout is that although a lot of people will say, oh, no, I can't do that, cost too much money, it's actually rarely about the money. So there's, there's three reasons, three reasons why it's actually not about the money, but it's about number one would be, well, they're not, that person actually doesn't value spending their money on their health or on that service that might actually uh, give them solutions and have a vibrant health. I mean, I've seen this in the past, um, you know, on two spectrums. So, we had a homeless client on a disability pension with very little money, yet she invested a good amount of her money in our Ending Body Burnout program because it was really important to her. She was at the lowest of lows and without her health, she had nothing. She actually was um, probably could have died had she not actually invested in her health. On the opposite side, I remember a client, it was going back quite a few years now, but uh, she had a connect the dots, initial consult, everything was going great. She's like, yes, 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 sounds awesome. Let me do all the tests. Told her how much they are. And she's like, oh, that's a lot of money. Can't afford that. I'm like, that's okay. You could just start off with the most important one. I think adrenal test would be really great for you. It's $175. She balked at that price. And it was interesting because this lady had no children in her mid-40s with a husband. Both of them had good, stable, high-paying jobs, lovely house and cars and regular holidays. So highly doubt it was that she couldn't afford it. It was just that she didn't value the, the results that she could get through that process. Also a really common reason why people bring up money as, ah, nah, don't have enough money, mm, can't afford it. It's actually less about they can't afford it and more about their belief as to whether they can actually do it and get the results. And we'll talk a bit more about that. And also some people 
struggle to invest in themselves because it money is really scary. It's scary to spend money. It pokes on deeper old wounds and deeper beliefs that you have about yourself and money. And we really want to dig into this side of things today because it's it's something that not many people are aware of. They feel like money is the trigger, but it's not. It's just the, well, money is the trigger, but the deeper reason as to why you're feeling stressed around money, spending it, saving it, making it, uh, we are going to dive in. I also think there's there's another thing that, that has a foot in each one of those those camps. It's the avoid conflict. Uh, I've got a, I'm afraid that I'm going to step on toes. My partner will get angry at me. Uh, that sort of thing. I, I know I've I've chatted to several several people who are who have that fear before jumping in to to some sort of healing accelerator, and uh, often, not always, but often, when we we hear from the partner, it's it's like oh. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, you should do that. And so those fears of conflict were were not founded uh, in in exactness the, of what our our um, potential client was feeling. And so I think that's really interesting. Sometimes people have a an away from mentality, avoidance of conflict, fear of drama, um, and therefore they don't ask Mm. which all steeps back to trauma and deeper beliefs that you have about yourself so let's talk about money and trauma so trauma um like a lot of people think that trauma is just the big things the big scary horrible horrific things that happen domestic violence rape wars Trauma is actually any past distressing event that you haven't processed properly and instead of it getting stored in the hippocampus as neutral memory, it actually gets stored in the unconscious and it can be small things. It can be feeling completely humiliated. It can be uh, chronic health issues. There are so many ways that we experience trauma and these past events that you can have can lead to money mindset worries, money scarcity, in decisions around how you should spend or save or make your money, stress around spending money. And it can also prevent you from making money, especially with business owners where they can kind of just hit this ceiling of revenue, even though they have goals and dreams of making a bigger impact, their past money stories are actually holding them back from doing that. Um, we're going to dig deeper into like what trauma actually is and how it affects the body and leads to body burnout next week so make sure you sign up for that today we just really wanted to laser focus on this this money worry story that I feel like is holding a lot of people back and causing a lot of issues so so I thought um I might share my own story and my own relationship with money because I have worked through layers and layers and layers of stories about myself and money to be able to be free of money worries. So as a kid, I was a saver. I never spent hardly any money and I started getting external validation. I I started making money when I was eight years old because our dad had a flower farm and we were out there every weekend, all the holidays, planting bulbs, winter, summer. It was awful. (laughs) But 
Anyway, so I started making money at eight and I started saving it. And I started getting external validation from my parents. Look at Philly. She's so good at saving. You should be like her, them talking to my siblings. Tony, you should stop spending so much money. Be like Philly. (laughs) And so all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, this feels good. Saving money feels good. I get external validation when I can save money. And part of my deeper unconscious core beliefs about myself that were created sort of around the same time too was around being weak and incapable and less than my siblings, especially my older sisters. So I started creating this pattern of saving because it made me feel good. I got external validation. I'm like, oh, maybe I am okay at something. Maybe I'm better than them at something. Maybe I actually am capable. And while it was kind of cute and innocent when I was little, it caused a lot of issues growing up as a teenager in my early 20s when I left home and definitely when we got married and also when we started businesses. So my siblings called me stingy. I remember when I first moved out, um, lived in this cold as flat in wintertime. It sometimes uh, snowed very occasionally, but it was very frosty and I was so stingy. Didn't want to have a big electricity bill, so I just wouldn't put a heater on. And that was a running joke in my family that I was like the Scrooge and stingy filly because I never spent money. And that caused a lot of stress even back then because I was cold. (laughs) I didn't eat well. I ate a white diet and I really struggled to spend money and have fun, like going out to cafes with friends or going on holidays. Um, When I did, it was a big deal and I had to, I was always stuck in indecision around, oh, is it going to be safe to spend this money? Um, Oh, maybe I'm going to lose it. My bank account is going to be at zero. So super scary. And then when Chris and I got married, we uh, were the complete opposites around money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't have anything else to say. Yes. (laughs) So so Chris was very free, um, no money worries. He could spend it. He could make it. Like it was just an energy exchange to him. Whereas I was... Uh, a bit of a control freak when we first got married. Um, So he also had a lot of, not a lot, by a lot it was like $4,000 debt. And I'm like, oh. Compared to to you who had lots of savings, that was was huge. I can't even remember what it was, (laughs) but it was maybe 50,000, which was pretty good for a university student. That's flipping awesome. Um, And so I'm like, oh, now I'm going to have to pay his debt. I'm responsible for him. Um, Debt felt really scary to me. And you'll find out why later on in a story I'm going to share. And then, and so it became really controlling when we first got married, probably for a few years, actually. So Chris would back in the day worked at Australia Post in the city in Sydney and instead of him buying lunches I was always making him like 10 Vegemite sandwiches on home brand white bread he thought it was lovely he was like she cares about me but really it was to prevent him from spending money on food And then eventually we got a bit fancy and I started adding lettuce leaves in there as well. Did anyone else do that? Vegemite and lettuce. That was that was how we rolled back then. 
And then it, I think over time. I think that's sacrilege in Australia, isn't it? Sacrilege, yeah, probably. (laughs) I think over time too you got, had had enough because it started becoming quite controlling in terms of what you did for hobbies, playing basketball, um, if you wanted to do a certification for uh, your PT business back then. I was always keeping you underneath my thumb and as a rebel tendency, uh, you kind of mm. spat it at some point. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. Uh, you're not saying much. <laughs> mm. <sighs> did I have anything to say? Okay. <laughs> well said. <laughs> when, the, when the kids came along, things got a lot worse too because that's when my own body burnout symptoms, my health issues really manifested and I was kind of in survival mode, victim mode. So I just suppressed a lot of my worries and fears around money and just kind of let Chris do whatever he wanted. But it just continued to show up again and again in my nervous system and in my body. Which is, yeah, abdication, flight, or even fawning, you know, uh, roll over, uh, you do what you want, that sort of thing. That's a sign of a dysregulated nervous system, hey? Yeah. Okay, so that was all tied up with like deeper unconscious core beliefs. So it wasn't ever about the money. It was about what the money meant about me as a person and my ability to make it keep it and spend it so if I had a deeper unconscious core belief that I was weak and incapable then of course it was going to show up at some point in my relationship with money and so that's why I really got really obsessive around spending it and not save uh, sorry saving it and not spending it because then I in some way I felt safe I'm like well at least I have some and so therefore I'm not going to get expose that I'm completely incapable at this this money game also I had deeper unprocessed trauma around money stuck in my system that made money feel really hard and unsafe and scary so as I mentioned before my dad had a flower farm growing up um, and my parents worked really hard we kids worked really hard in the flower farm so making money felt hard And it was also unsafe and scary because over the years, dad's business kind of started struggling. Um, He was a great entrepreneur in terms of vision and ideas and making things happen, but not great with keeping the books (laughs) and the finances. And so eventually when I was 14 years old, we almost went bankrupt. Um, And I had no idea. I had no idea my parents were in such a pickle. And we ended up selling our beautiful, idyllic childhood home in the country and moved to a different home um, on a highway right next to a stinky petrol station. And like it just gutted me. I was in grief. And there was a lot of stress around this time too with parent, my parents and, you know, just getting through this hard time. So that was all hard, Um, but during this time, I had three cats. So my beautiful cats, Midget, Molly and Marmalade. Um, And three days before we left, before we moved home, my cats disappeared. And I'm like calling out on the farm, Marmalade, Midget, Molly, where are you? And they didn't come to me. And my dad said to me, oh, I think they've run away. And I, and I, 
I took that on as truth. I'm like, that's really weird. They've run away. Maybe they energetically knew we were moving. So anyway, we moved. I was super sad, lost my home, lost my cats. And there was a lot of stress and tension in my family. And then I can't remember when it was, maybe a few months, maybe even a year or so later. But I later found out that my cats didn't run away. My dad had actually killed my cats. And that sounds really brutal, but we got to think about the context at the time. We were farmers, so, you know, like if your cat has too many cats, generally they go into the dam. But also my dad's thought pattern was, well, we're going to move to a highway. These cats are going to get run over. It's going to break my daughter's heart. So it's probably easier just to shoot them. And when I found that out, I was horrified and angry and I felt betrayed. And the belief in the story that I actually created around that traumatic event was that bad things happen when you lose money and I get punished when you lose money. So not only did I have these deeper unconscious core beliefs around being weak and incapable, but I also had some pretty gnarly broken trauma loops stuck in my unconscious state going round and round like videotape loops as if it's still happening now in reality and money was just the trigger for that trauma loop it's like anytime money came up in a conversation it was that internal tiger causing me to get stuck in fight flight again and money was really scary and stressful recap so growing up, some significant emotional events that you're aware of that you noticed, um, as you talked about just then, and led you to have meanings. You, you made meanings. You invented them. You, you created them, works of fiction. <laughs> and some of those meanings that you made were that bad things happen and I get punished when we lose money. And so that left you in a state of fight or flight, nervous system dysregulation, patterns of scarcity, saving, stinginess, Scrooge McDuckness. And now anxiety, anxiety and immune system issues and hormone issues and gut issues and insomnia, especially when COVID came around. So then you get married to somebody who does not even remotely at all share any, can't even conceive those those beliefs, has, has his own... <laughs> messed up stories that, that are wonky and distorted. But that, those ones weren't even – like I didn't have anywhere didn't have near that. have any money stuff. No. I, my issues were different to that. We all know I've got issues. <laughs> so uh, working, through, working through this, so clash of values, a clash of perceptions and programs. So that, that's tension. It's like a, it's a marital – Tension, you had in inter inter intra you had inside of you, you had this this tension inside of you, in your nervous system, in your body. And so everything's being all the big bits are being pulled, pulled apart, right? Mm -hmm. And uh and that led to we've talked about this before, symptomology and mm. uh and burnout. Mm. Yeah. 
and you can tell it's you can tell a story it's story because and you can and therefore you can if you write it you can write something different and you can tell that that's that's a fact because not everyone shares that fictional fantasy that fictional belief that story that that you have so mm. yeah well i think things really came to a head where i'm like oh i had this insight that i don't actually think it's about money why i'm so stressed because when covid came uh, back then we had a gym that got locked down, um, which was our mainstream of income back then. And then we're like, oh, what are we going to do? Um, my sole functional medicine practice, we started pivoting that and turning that into Chris and Philly functional medicine. And Chris coming on board with that, so one, stressful because I'm like, where is the money going to come from? But also two stressful. Directly working with your husband. Because not specifically you as a human being, but because Chris is very vision, risk taker, big ideas. Let's just try this and see if it works. Whereas it was really scary because what if it, you know, I was always worst case scenario. What if it doesn't work? And so then I started realizing that, I don't actually think the money issues are outside of me. I think they're inside of me because Chris and I have the same bank account, the same mortgage, the same children, the same business. He's having the time of his life during COVID and lockdown. I flipping loved it. And here I am turning into an insomniac and all my health issues, which had improved a few years ago when I did lab testing and supplements and diets, all came back with a vengeance. And this time the physical stuff didn't heal. It wasn't enough. So I, I just, I knew I had to go deeper and dig deeper to a root, the root cause. And that's where I started working with my own coach to get to deeper unconscious core beliefs and insecurities that were creating my money worries in the first place. And as I did that, so that's where I uncovered the weak and incapable. And as I started reprogramming that, the money stuff started becoming less and less angsty. But it was really hard work. I remember for the first couple of months, anytime I got triggered by money, I would always have to say to myself, it's not outside of me, it's inside of me. And what does this mean about me? <sighs> Chris wants to buy a new car, triggered. If it's not outside of me, it's not about the car or Chris, but it's inside of me, what does this mean about me? Okay. I think it means that it's scary to spend money and therefore if it's scary, there must be something incapable or weak about me not being able to handle this situation. It also started showing up around we built a beautiful house and we moved into a nice brand new house during the COVID period and I was excited but when I moved in, I started having these, these thoughts around I don't want to have any of my family members come and visit because our house isn't not as nice as their house. And so although that's not specifically money, it's still materialistic. It's that what we, what I had wasn't as good as them and therefore that makes me somehow incapable or less than. Over time though, with the reprogramming, I was able to detach. It's not a money issue, it's a me issue. And then those thoughts, the triggers just became less and less over time. Something, oh, did you want to add something? I was just going to say, I love our house. I love our house too. <laughs> oh, we live in a, we live in Port Sorrell, 
Hawley Beach. We live um, in paradise. Tasmania. This is this is I think the population I'm gonna make this up, but like quadruples. <laughs> that's statistic not founded in any science but it gets bigger in in summer it's a tourist tourist destination we literally live in in a beautiful part of the world it's very very nice super privileged super lucky gets cold which probably keeps out <laughs> most people but you know I, there's there's a program in there isn't there it's like yeah. worst worst case scenario um black and white perfection yeah these sort of things and that's where it's like far out. It's not out here. It's not about the house. It's about me. Yeah. <laughs> Our house is lovely. Um, a couple of really good resources that helped me throughout this journey too. Um, one lady, her name is Denise Stutfield Thomas. She has an amazing podcast, some great books. Um, basically, she's a money mindset coach. Highly recommend listening to her potty. Um, but also the book called Happy Money by Ken someone. Honda. Honda. Yeah. And he, I remember reading some chapters of his books and he started talking about most, a lot of people with money worries have, actually everyone with money worries has a negative relationship with money. What if they think that it's scary, it's unstable, it's hard, it's negative, it's evil. And then he started talking about, well, what if you actually started talking to your money as if it were your friend, that money has always got your back, that it's always there for you. Money comes and money goes. It's an exchange. It's also thank you money. When you give, you say thank you. When you receive, you say thank you. And so then I just like literally started talking to my money as if it was my friend, pulled out my purse to pay for a hairdresser appointment. Didn't say it out loud all the time if I was in public, but take my cash out. Thank you. Receive some money into our account, comes up on Stripe in our inbox. Thank you. And that was really lovely. And also I could see that there was evidence in the past that money was always there for me. It always had my back. Even at the lowest of lows when things were tough, money appeared in some way or another. And something else that was just, oh goodness, the last piece of the puzzle that really just like, shattered through my money blocks was when I started training in TRTP trauma therapy, which is what we do with our clients in our ending body burnout method. Um, and we worked specifically around the memory and the event of the bankruptcy when I was 14 and dad killing my cats. And I remember it was quite intense, but after that session, and it only took one session, money blocks gone. Like it was like all of a sudden my brain was so excited about money and about how we could spend it and how we could save it and how we could make it. And, and what was really interesting was my brain, the thoughts didn't, the, like the trigger thoughts didn't even pop up anymore. So before the trauma therapy, they were still popping up, but I could really easily reframe them and kind of like get out of the spiral. But after I worked through some distressing events and shifted that from my unconscious, my brain doesn't think about money in the same way at all. And that is phenomenal because I was living with money scarcity and money is scary and money is stressful for like, I don't know, 40 years almost, 30, 30 plus years. I just read your notes. You're about to say that I have to rein you in 
sometimes. Well, Phil, actually, Phil, we had got a this little note. <laughs> She's got this little note saying, <laughs> now Chris has to rein me in around spending money. So, <laughs> so when we... <laughs> Now all our podcast uh, listeners know that I write notes for these podcast episodes. <laughs> um, That's why you say really awesome things. That's why yes, we love you. We actually, I actually put a lot of effort into these episodes. They are well you researched and thought out. Do a lot of work. Thank you. you. you great. I do love our podcasting. But now you're a spendaholic. No, no, you're not. Well, she's not. She's not. She's okay. Not. The interesting thing is, I'm still not like a crazy spendaholic. <laughs> I'm still conscientious and take care of how we utilize our money. But like the other day, there were different two, conversations are happening. There were two things that I really want to do in 2024. Both of them cost around ten thousand dollars each, which in the past, which fine, but which in the past there is no way I would have asked Chris permission to do that or spend that, um, because I wouldn't have even allowed myself to dare thinking that I deserved to spend $10,000 or that I was capable of doing that and making it back. Whereas the other day, Chris is like, hold your horses. We might have to like have a meeting, team meeting. How are we going to spend our money this year? Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't, a, I definitely didn't say no. I, I just had a, uh, well, this year my word is leadership and and I think I, I demonstrated that. And my, Knowing my numbers, all that sort of stuff. My 2024 word this year is pleasure. So you can see why I got really excited about a $10,000 chip trip to India. This is going to be a really... May or may not happen this year. <laughs> really interesting um, 2024, I think, those two things. So if you've got pleasure, I've got leadership, you know, that... I'm I'm excited. I wonder what's gonna, what dynamics are gonna shift and what changes are gonna happen. It's pretty cool, specifically around money. That is. Yeah. Okay. So if money or trauma or past distressing events is something that you feel is causing you a lot of stress and it's linked to your own nervous system distress and causing your body burnout. And we talked about money today, but it doesn't like, it doesn't even have to be money. It could be like for Chris, it was overworking, addictively overworking and ego (laughs) for other people. It might be like really triggering relationships that they just keep falling into again and again. For other people, it might be perfectionism. Whatever it is, there's always deeper unconscious core beliefs that are causing those patterns and triggers and often connected with trauma and distressing events that haven't been processed. And then therefore, keeping you stuck in a fight flight and then therefore breaking down your body system so you show up with energy, mood, gut issues and other weird health issues. So if you feel like you've tried the things, you've tried diets, you've tried supplements, maybe you've even done some lab testing, um, maybe you've done a bit of meditation or yoga or whatever it is, but you're like, far out, I feel like I'm still not getting resolution of my health issues or I do when I do the things, but the moment I stop taking the supplement, my symptoms come back, then... We would love to welcome you or invite you or invite you to learn more about our ending body burnout method. So our doors are actually open now. They close on the 23rd of Jan. 2024. 2024, um, which is what, two weeks away. And then we don't, we won't accept, be accepting any more clients until May. Yeah, it's it's not, it's not going to pan out. Um, And 
the way that we run the program, we take intakes. There's also, so the doors do close on 23rd of Jan, but also we only have limited spaces because we offer both semi-private and private one-on-one, which includes one-on-one support in both options. And there's only so many people, there's only so many Chris and Phillies that can take so many people on. So if the spots fill up, and I think we have 16 left for semi-private, four for private one-on-one if they fill up before the 23rd of Jan those doors will close so if you've been super keen to get to the deepest root cause of your body burnout and end your health issues for good and deeply connect with yourself and create beautiful spark in yourself and in your life then go to the show note links and there'll be a link there around uh, joining the ending body burnout method it'll take you to our landing page And also, don't forget that we have our three-day live next week uncovering the connection between trauma and body burnout. So make sure you register for that. That is free. Um, It is a great way to experience in real time how it is to work with Chris and I and how we coach our clients and also to see if our ending body burnout method is a good fit for you if this is the next best step. Yep. The end. The end. <laughs> All righty. Awesome. Oh, also, we've created a scorecard to around chronic health issues and trauma. So if you haven't done that yet, um, it's not really anywhere on our website yet. It's just kind of in social media posts or emails. But I'll pop the show note links too to that scorecard. So if you want to see are there deeper stuff underneath the stir- surface that is actually causing your health issues at a metaphysical unconscious level, do the scorecard. It will give you a lot of insights as to if this might be a missing piece in your health recovery. Boom. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Have the best day ever. Take care. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our Ending Body Burnout Assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one Ending Body Burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have Have the the best best day day ever. ever. (laughs)